Okay, uh, we are recording. Hi, everyone. My name is Danielle Green, and I'm the host of the Discuss with BG podcast. Um, today, I have, I mean, every guest is special, but this group is particularly special to me because I went to high school with every single one of these amazing people. Um, so we're just going to like go around, do a quick little intro, and then we'll get started with the show. Um, so whoever wants to go first, go ahead. But, um, no, my name's Tiffany and, um, yeah, so I'm living, currently residing in the Northeast. Um, so shout out to the East coast. Uh, I'm a boss lady doing big things out here and that's what I got going on. Hey y'all. It's Tiffany. The other Tiffany, Tiffany Hurd. Um, I'm currently, um, in the South in Georgia. I'm currently working on my own business. I'm a stress therapist. So that's what I'm out here doing. I'm mobile, pretty much just stretching athletes to professional people who, um, who just really just need like, you know, good range of motion um, and more mobility. Um, so that's what I've been doing, just trying to, you know, uh, market myself a lot better. Um, new onto all social medias. I don't really, most of y'all guys know I'm not really on social media like that. So I'm really, I'm trying to, you know, be out here and talk to more people, um, get my followers up, um, as well as just, um, just out here hustling, you know, as a, as a black woman, just trying to get to my grind and make my money and, and just, you know, trying to succeed, you know, the whole purpose is, you know, to just, have my own business one day and, and just have it just blossom into something glorious. So that's all I've been out here doing, but that's me. <laughs> um, we love that. And don't you worry, <laughs> I will tag you on Instagram so people can, think, can check you out and see what you are Thank up to. You. Don't Thank you. Don't you worry. Business, <laughs> please, business. Um, so I'm April. I live in Duluth, Minnesota. I work as a certified nursing assistant, and in a couple months, I'll be halfway through a registered nursing program. Um, so I'm Sarah. I live out in Colorado. I technically work in IT on an ecology project out here and been working from home for about a year now, so pretty nice. Yes, I love that. I'm it's just so amazing to see you all and be with you and just get to do this. Um, so how I want to start this is just I would love to uh just kind of like go around again. Um, and folks, I went to high school with this group in Germany, and you know, I think that experience really bonded us. And we reconnected actually last year before the pandemic. We were gonna do a girls' trip and then the panini happened and so we didn't go anywhere the panorama we did not go anywhere but we kept in touch and I'm so glad because as we all know 2020 was the worst but we had each other and now I just want to talk about all those things that we've talked about because I think everybody should hear it um okay so yes let's go around and I want y'all to share with folks like when you moved to Germany where you were coming from and like what that was like for you. Okay. Um, so little side note, um, for the special six ladies in this group, if anybody's wondering, cause we, we grew up all of us in Germany and the whole like tight community, military brat, this thing, that thing. Um, but this group is very special for a lot of reasons because, um, 
they're like best friends within this group. We like play sports. You got like Brittany and Sarah have always had their thing. And then you got April and um, April and I are sisters. And then, so me and Tiffany are best friends. So then by default, April and Tiffany are like linked up. And then you got me and Danielle. Then you got me, Danielle and Tiffany because of cheerleading. And then April with cheerleading. And then you got Brittany, Sarah, in April with volleyball. So it's like so many, the group is like super, super dynamic. I think the more time that's going by, like we're looking at how layered up and how textured and just, I guess how the group is like the true definition of like black girl magic. Cause we are literally, we kind of bring something, a little bit of everything to the table. And um, I think we've been doing, like we've all been friends since like the mid two thousands, which is scary. Cause it's like, everybody's pushing 30 now. So this group is really special just because one, we grew, we literally grew up together. Braces, periods, boyfriends, drama, hair, high waters, sports. I mean, you name it. We like went through a lot of like trials and tribulations together. So this group actually started, like Danielle said, pre-pandemic. And um, we, I haven't spoke about this on social media. Danielle, nobody really has, but we had, you guys, we had a whole group to Puerto Rico literally just we had a whole we had everything just set like okay we're going get the flights I remember the night everybody's like YOLO let's just book the flights and it literally went from there but I of course April and I are 10 months apart so I'm like of course my sister's gonna go then I'm like of course Tiffany Hurt that's my right hand man like you know Tiffany and Tiffany and then I'm like wait a minute Danielle my homie too I'm like hold up listen Brittany been my girl you know and then then April's like hold up you know Sarah my girl and I'm like well Sarah your best friend so she my girl too and it's like so we're all just connected so I'm like what group can I take to Puerto Rico where it's like there's no bickering there's no fighting like we're sisters like everybody's so linked up so um yeah I I I think it's just kind of crazy. That's what makes this group so special is we grew up together. So we, my family and I, my dad was military. He came to the, um, he was in the military, retired with 31 years, came over to Germany. I remember when we got the assignment, I was just like, yo, like what's in Germany? Like side note, like how many black people over there? You know, like what's, 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 what's it going to be? And so we moved over to Germany and, you know, I've been in sports and whatnot, pretty much a busybody my entire life. So got to Germany, hit the ground running, making friends. And some of my very first friends were Brittany. Brittany, I want to say for sure. Brittany was like one of my very first friends, like before we even got to school. Playing at the park in the summer. Yes, like one of my very first friends, meaning like we hadn't started school yet. And then um, Tiffany as well. And so that's pretty much how like everything came about. But group really, really special. Um, We moved to Germany, like I said, mid 2005. And start playing sports and getting involved really tight-knit community so yeah that's awesome and yes thank you so much for providing more context around this group um it's just it's so amazing to see how our friendships have all evolved over the years and it's funny when you look back at high school I'm like I didn't even know that we were friends like that like um I asked my mom for some high school pictures and I'm like wait me and Tiffany are in every picture together like every single picture together so it's just so fun to to have those memories triggered. So as you guys all know, I pretty much spent my entire life in Germany. Um, We moved over there, I don't know, like 97 maybe, Um, right before my youngest sister was born. I'm sorry, not my youngest sister, my third sister. Um, And I I started kindergarten in Germany. I was there all the way through high school. And I only spent one year, technically nine months out of Germany throughout that time where I, 
because of the army, we had to move to Colleen, Texas, actually. And then we went right back to, um, right back to Illisheim. And we were in the building right across the street from where we had lived all that time. And I think that was the summer that I um, met Tiffany right before seventh grade, Tiffany in April. Um, so yeah, I spent my entire life right there in Illisheim in Ansbach, Germany. And for the longest time, I mean, that was all I knew. And even like, um, when I went back to Louisiana for college, it was a really big adjustment for me because I mean, I just had Germany experience all these things that people that I was meeting were like growing up with the United States. I'm like, oh, well, if it wasn't on AFN, I wasn't watching that. Or like, no, we weren't buying those type of brands. We were buying what was at the PX or like Forever 21, I was ordered online or like things like that. So a lot of my experiences were very much shaped by like the sheltered life that we had in Germany, but then also like even more so sheltered because y'all know my parents were strict. <laughs> okay. I did not know that you spent that much time in Germany. I didn't know that because I didn't meet you until I moved to, I moved to Ansbach in, in 2006. So eighth grade for me, ninth grade for you. So I had no idea. So I'm learning something new, just like everybody else listening. We spent so much time in Germany that my two youngest sisters for a very long time told everyone they were German. And my parents had to like set that straight repeatedly. It's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. All right, guys. Well, um, I'm pretty much, my story is kind of similar to kind of like Britney's. I was I've been in Germany like almost my my whole life. Um, our first station was Dormstop and I was very small. And then we was there for a long time, um, maybe five, six years. And then after that, after Dormstop, we went to Baumholder. So I was in Baumholder up until um, like seventh grade, before eighth grade. And then that's when I moved to Ansbach. So we moved to Ansbach. Um, and then, so I was in Ansbach, of course, all the way up to eighth grade. Well, yeah, but eighth grade, all the way up to, to high school. So we pretty much, I was in Germany my whole life. We just spent a lot of time in different, in different areas, but Ansbach was the last, like our destination. Um, so my experience was just my whole life. I just been in, in Germany. So, um, I will say that, um, you know, that Germany, just like what Brittany was saying, Germany is like kind of all I knew. I made family in Germany. You know, I had, ex you know, of course, like your extended family lives in, in the United States. And so like, I didn't have the opportunity, like when you go to college and you see everybody like, oh yeah, um, I, I grew up with my cousins. I grew up with like, you know, I have this connection with your family and like, you know, I didn't have all that. I had it, but it was so far away. Um, so you, you have, you made, you make family, you made family like while you was in Germany. So like, you know, you guys were like my family, Sarah, um, at, I mean, April, Tiffany, Brittany, you guys were like, like that family that I couldn't experience because we didn't have those type of opportunities. You know, I feel like those were the things that we missed out being military kids and just being in Germany our whole life. We didn't have those type of relationships with our grandmoms like cousins and aunties like yeah we of course we call them over phone but we all knew those phone calls in the united states were just like 
were crazy high. So, you know, we're calling family like maybe once or twice a month. And like you only have like a not even probably an hour maybe to just make rounds of phone calls. You know, so my parents always stress like those phone calls are so expensive. And so, um, so yeah, you just you I just adapted to being in Germany and just making family and friends there because really, like I said, that's really all we knew and like um I have just like different different types of experiences being in Germany you know I would say you know you have the experience being in high school the athletic world and then you know I had my um on the other side I had my mom who was in ministry you know being in church all the time so I had so many different types of experiences so like with with Sarah and April and Tiffany you know we all went to the all went to the same church so I had different types of we had different memories from the church different memories from sports different memories from like seeing what are like traveling everywhere or try like senior trips or stuff like that like we just there was like different experiences and like you know it's so crazy then when you go to the states you're like man you talk to other people like man y'all experiences were so different like like not in like in a bad way just like like it just it's the I can't even explain it because the atmosphere like what we had is so much like the bond was kind of like different like like I said I, I felt like we were just like family and like um compared to like experiences that I talked to my friends that you start making when you go to college you're like man like y'all experiences were just so so different you know like y'all connection were there but like we just had this different type of bondage because it's like we're kind of like it was kind of like we're all we had like, cause it was just, it was just, it was us. So our connections and our bonds were just so ran more, a little bit more deeper compared to what I would say to people, um, outside of the military lifestyle, you know, we just, it's just kind of different. You know, we have the experience where our families, our parents go away for Afghanistan, Iraq for a year or longer. And we just have a lot of things in common that just makes us just a lot more closer. And just being in the military lifestyle and military school, we just have a lot in common and a lot of understanding to a lot of like deeper emotions. Like, you know, we went to school some days and, and probably faked it till we make it because our we're, we're, we're sad because our parents are away and we don't know how, you know, we have those things in common because our, our parents went away before. So I just say that, you know, we had a lot of different experiences, but we definitely had a lot of, this group had a lot of things in common um, as far as a, a connection that we had. Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that you touched on um, is something that I've been thinking about recently, but so I actually moved to Germany in 2002. So fourth grade and then was there until I graduated high school and yeah I it's just you know it would be it was it's kind of sad to think about all of the bonds that you didn't get to have with family um you know and I'm an only child so it's just like okay it's just me and my nice. parents and then when my dad was gone nice. it was just me and my mom um so yeah yeah um when I think about, you know, high school, middle school and high school, I'm like, my friends were legitimately like my siblings. Like that's mm -hmm. how I felt because I didn't have, you know, my cousins weren't in Germany, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, that totally resonates with me. So thank you so much for touching on that. Real quick, we're going to have to start on the collection plate because that was a whole word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, just, I just was just 
wanted to be like, I don't know, just no, just let my words kind of so flow out. And I honestly, I don't even feel like everything I said was kind of going everywhere. But no, it was so good. I really was so just, just talking the from like the heart and the truth. Like you know, you think why? Why are we so close? Guys, <laughs> like yeah, like you know, there are so many <laughs> walk with, and none of us have really talked to anybody. But like this group, I know if I listen, it could be six months that passes. If I Facetime Brittany, she's going to answer that phone. I could put mm-hmm. it on anything. Tiffany's gonna pick up that phone, and it's like mm-hmm. yo. We were sisters. We were like cousins. Like Tiffany said, you didn't have your cousin, no. your grandmother. Those connections were not, they were there, but they were different, you know? They were different. I was going to say, I think that's why it's like so easy to pick up mm-hmm. and like talk to each other, even after all this time. And like, even if some of you have like really kept in constant contact with, with each other, like it's easier to just pick up and just move on or just like, at, at the part, at the point that we are in our lives now, so much has happened, like so much growth, so many things have happened in our lives, but because of that shared experience, like we're able to just pick up and be together again and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree. listeners, I have not seen any of these folks in person since 2010 when they all graduated high school. Um, I'm a year younger than everyone. So that is how long it's been since I've seen them and hung out with them. But yeah, like our conversations, it doesn't even feel like any time has passed because I feel like when you grow up in Germany and then when you're black (laughs) in Germany, you know, that's just, that's just an understanding that we all have. And it's so special. Um, Yeah. So um, like Tiffany said, we moved to Germany, I think it was July of 2005. And I think I was 13 at the time. Um, we were there for five years, I think, right up until we graduated high school. So it was um, like the super formative years of my life for me that were really important. And kind of like what you guys were just saying, um, being in that like military life makes you like so prepared to like not talk to people for such a long amount of time. But because of that chunk of time you did spend together, when you do link back up, it's like almost kind of like no time has even passed. Um, it's funny because Sarah and I really are best friends and we text literally every day. (laughs) We send each other good morning texts every day. (laughs) And like, if we, sometimes we get really busy or we kind of forget to write each other back throughout the day, but like Sarah and I literally text all day and kind of recently I got like really busy with school and I think I didn't text her for like, what was it? It was like maybe a day or two. And she was like, um, excuse me, am I going to have to send out an AB? Like what's going on? Where are you, (laughs) ma'am? That's funny. Um, so yeah, we, Sarah and I, um, definitely one of the most important, I think, um, bonds that I made in my time there. And it's just so funny looking back because when my dad told us that we were moving there, you know what Germany is, right? Like, you know what the country is. Like, as a child, I had absolutely no concept <laughs> of what, like, like, what does that even mean? Like, how long are we going to be there? Like, what is life yep. going to be like there? Um, so I just remember being like really scared at the time because it's just like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And um, I didn't want to leave my friends that I had. We were living in Fort Hood, Texas at the time. And um, we'd been there for four years, I think, at that point. And so I just didn't want to leave my friends and just really scared and apprehensive at the time. But once you get there and you kind of just get used to everything and you start making friends at school and that was kind of the fun thing also about having a sister in the same grade as me is you kind of come with your own built-in friend. So even if I don't know anybody else, I can stick with my sister and um, just had a really good time there. Like I said, just definitely some of the most important years of my life that I 
look back on like super fondly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just grew so much and it's not even just being, you know, like part of military, but Tiffany, like you were saying, our parents were getting deployed, you know, that was a really heavy period of deployments. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's just even more so like, okay, learning, trying, you're growing as a person, but you're also trying to navigate these really, really hard things. Um, and I think even for me, I didn't realize that I've like struggled with anxiety since that point, I think, you know, like I would, I remember I'd have a really hard time sleeping or, you know, just like getting angry all the time. And I think my mom just thought I was really difficult, which is probably partly true, but also like that was kind of traumatic. Like our parents going to war zones like that is a traumatic experience. And I don't think there's enough talk. Well, there wasn't definitely at the time, but I think even now, like there just wasn't a lot of conversation around like our mental health as kids yeah I never I'm gonna say this I never thought about it but I remember you know all of us are very close to our moms so Mm -hmm. I remember the one like I said this group has a lot of layers but just that comes to mind to remind me that I remember um Tiffany like even her just saying that it triggered me like her mom was the one that was in the military when we were growing up. So she didn't mm-hmm. have her mom around. Mm-hmm. All of us didn't have our dads around. And it was like, I never, when I was little, I didn't have, like April said, you you don't have like the, the comprehension to like really understand what's going on. But it's like, that's why she was so tight with me and my mom. You know what I mean? And it's right. like, everything was so interchangeable and like connected and so close. But it's like, as a child, Tiffany never came to me as best friends and ever said to me, I miss my mom or this week I'm having a bad week or girl, I just want to talk to my mom. And it was like, I 15, 16 years later, I'm sitting here like, damn, you know, like I didn't know, or even Danielle being an only child, like your group, your cheerleading group, your circle is going to be that much more to you because it's just you and your mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. Aunties, there are no cousins. Like when you see family, it's like plan visits every five or six years that cost thousands of dollars to travel exactly. or with big families, you know? So it's like, right. that's for crazy. sure. I mean, yeah, cheerleading. I mean, you know, my fr- they were everything, you know, they were the only people I hung out with, you know, and I think I think even looking back, I'm like, that's probably why I was so like emotional about everything. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm just an emotional person in general, but I, yeah, it's just like trying to navigate these really big things while you're just going through normal puberty, like everybody else. Um, But Sarah, I want to hear about your experience. Don't, I'll see you over there. Just me being in meetings too. I just be sitting there quiet and be like, they'll just forget. (laughs) Um, but yeah, my story is a little different because my my dad was in the military, but he got out before we were born. So like we were over there for my mom's job. So my parents are like civilians. So I, my parents never left. And now I feel bad hearing all your stories. And I'm like, oh, I didn't go through that. But no, you still live so there with I us, was, though. Yeah. But yeah, I was born in Germany. So I was born there, stayed there until like second grade. And we moved to New York for a couple of years. And then we moved back and we moved back to, um, we moved to Ansbach. Like the bases that I grew up on are closed now. Like they don't exist. Um, But I remember my parents said like, we're going back to Germany. I was like, oh, thank God we're going back home because like the States, like it's where like most people are like, oh, they have like a state that they're from. I'm like, I was born here. And like, this is home for me. Like even now being here, people are like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Germany because like, I don't have like 
any childhood memories here and then they're like do you speak German I'm like but I don't though I, uh, <laughs> I don't. okay same um, same it's so embarrassing I'm like I'm like don't ask questions move on right <laughs> like let's skip this one um but yeah so then got there in sixth grade and then stayed through high school uh but yeah it was like a really great experience I truly sometimes I'm like I hate it here I want to go back I don't like being here um but yeah, like having you guys is like really important to me. Like I remember like kind of like the group of friends I had like middle schoolish days were different from the friends I had now. And it was very important to like have this connection that we have now, like even after we left, still having it like when we started the group chat, it was just like, oh yeah, this is great. Cause there's like some people just like, I don't know them that well and they're not gonna know what's going on in my life. But like with you guys, it's just like, cause we were family at the time. And we have, um, like a lot of you guys said, we had so many different connections that like brought us together. So yeah, that's about all I have to say. No, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for sharing your perspective as someone whose family was civilian, but you still lived in Germany. Um, because I don't really feel like there were that many. I can't really think of um, anyone else. Um, so what I'd like to touch on now is just like, like what was school like like what was high school like for y'all because I I don't really remember like race being really like something I thought about you know people would make like offhand comments but and or and not just offhand comments but some very obvious obvious comments um that were super inappropriate but I'd love to hear like all of y'all's experience um with like being black girls in Germany and in high school so I think that I will probably have a very different experience from you guys because um, you may or may not know this, but that summer before we moved back to Germany from Texas is whenever I actually found out that my dad was not my biological dad. So this whole time I'm thinking, I, I knew my mom was black, my dad was Puerto Rican. So that's what I thought I was. And then now all of a sudden, along with not the, the person who you knew as your dad, is not biologically your dad, that's a lot to deal with one, but then also your identity, who, well, who am I? Um, I'm no longer what I thought I was, even just something as like just the race, you know? And so um, I, because I grew up in a house with like a biracial home um, and then in Germany, I would say that it wasn't something that we really talked about a lot. Like it was like just known that it wasn't that we necessarily talked about being black or being Puerto Rican or whatever, because I mean, my mom was from Louisiana. So I would say that even within Louisiana, that's a whole different culture. And um, that was probably bigger than just being black or, or different, I guess. And then with my dad, he was, he wasn't very close to his family at all. So like, even in our house, like it wasn't even that we were really like big on Puerto Rican culture, maybe like food and like music, you know, but even though I was in this biracial home, it wasn't like it was something that we talked about all the time. And I was just aware of it, I guess. But like, as far as high school, I don't, I don't think that I ever really paid attention to too many things like race or the fact that did we have black teachers or how many black students there were that we were going to school with. Like, I don't, 
I don't remember really being aware of those type of things. Um, and maybe it was because there were so many, I guess now that I look back on it, it really wasn't so many, but there were different people of different races. And I guess like in my friend group, there were different races. And so that's kind of like all I was looking at, not so much how everything, how race was connected to everything or not connected, you know? So I don't know. I kind of feel like I wasn't as aware for sure. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean, if people listen to my last episode or my first episode with my parents, it, yeah, pretty similar um, in my house, we just didn't talk about it. My parents just didn't really think that we needed to talk about it because we were in a military community and there were so many different types of people. Um, but yeah, that story quickly changed when I got to college and I was like, oh, I'm really, I'm black. Okay. What does that mean? I'll stop waiting to go last so I can, I guess for me, like, yeah, same with me. We didn't really talk about like race in my family. And it also wasn't anything that I thought about being in school, but now looking back all these years later, I started to pick up on things like, like Brittany said, like black teachers, the first time we read a book by like a black author, um, just like who I was around, like realizing now that I was more comfortable around you guys, but not really not understanding why. But I think the first time I really like experienced, like when race was kind of just brought to my face in high school was when people found out I was going to like an HBCU. And then they were just like, oh, let's remind you that you're not black enough to go there. And then it's just like, who are you to tell me that kind of thing? So yeah, I think it wasn't until like the end of high school and that kind of came up for me. But in general, it was just like, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't want to say like colorblind, but it was just like race wasn't like a thing that we ever talked about or Sarah, I would say the same um, whenever. So like Tiffany was saying before, we, we were also not close with our extended family because it was just very limited visits, very limited phone calls, all of that. But whenever I made the decision to go to LSU, my entire family was shocked. And because they're like, okay, if you're coming to Baton Rouge, why don't you go to Southern, which is an HBCU? And I'm like, well, I don't know. And they're like, well, your mom went there. And I'm like, well, I mean, I just chose LSU. And I did not realize till I got there how different the two worlds are at LSU at and compared to Southern, even just like, just even the different sides of town, which are all things that I think about now, especially as a teacher, but I didn't realize it until then. That's really interesting. And I want to come back to college later, but. Um, well, I'll chime in now. Um, I would say, um, like a, a few of you guys, uh, ladies said, like, I don't remember like having issues about any racial issues, but I will say what, what did stand out is when, when I did something, cause we, we all had like, I think we were, we're not saying, I won't say forced, but we were all kind of um, put amongst, like we all had to kind of like love everybody in different races and different backgrounds because everybody was from different types of backgrounds. So that's all we seen. That was all we were around. And we chose, of course, we chose our friends, but we chose to be kind to that person because of who they were, not because of their background. Because we were forced amongst the military lifestyles to be around different kinds of people. And so we were forced to, not want to say forced, I think forced is the wrong word, but I'm just saying like military, military lifestyle, you have no choice but to be amongst different kinds of people. So you know, and we, we just pretty much been like, like I said, we, we had no choice, but to kind of 
love different types of backgrounds and accept accept people for who they were. And because that's kind of, that's how we grew up. Now, I will say we were pit, pit around like different types of cultures, which are like a great experience to, to experience, to be around different types of people who, who kind of grew up different. You know, you had, we had Germans in our school that were mixed Germans, and, but they had like a different type of background from us. So we were just put amongst the different types of backgrounds. And I would say like the closest thing I came to like having a, a, a racial moment is when I would say, for instance, like I did a, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I did like a talent show. It was like me, Alicia, and who was it? Shantina. We did like a, these are other girls. We did like a talent show. And at this time, of course, um, I was still, I was doing cheerleading or whatever. And somebody just made a comment. It was just like, um, we said we wasn't going to name drop. So I'm not going to name drop. But this was a, a, this was a teacher, a fellow teacher of a, our teacher and coach. Um, but pretty much said, you know, that was, why you guys because it was to a song called Sierra goodies goodies y'all goodies back then and pretty much (laughs) and pretty much we did a talent show to it and like a dance to it and the remark they made was that oh that was ghetto so I took that like back then I didn't really kind of take it as anything you know you it doesn't really spark anything where we're at the moment but now that back now now that I'm looking at it anytime I did something that pretty much that wasn't outside of the norm of what the the Ansbach lifestyle, how we were supposed to act. If I didn't act a certain way or outside of that box, it was ghetto or or that's that's not you're not supposed to do those type of things. Or so it was kind of like if you if you did something that wasn't in the norm of the box that we were supposed to act as such, then it was kind of like, oh, you're that's your ghetto or you're you're not that's not what we're supposed to be doing so I would say if there was anything that of a, a action that I would I did um it was kind of called amongst of it being ghetto so uh, you don't even have to say the name don't even worry about it but no no surprises I mean quite frankly that could be a few different teacher coaches um, so we'll leave it up to the folks imagination who went to high school with us are going to listen to this um, but thank you so much for sharing yeah I feel like I can't really think of anything well I, I can't think of a few uh, specific instances but definitely more like you know offhand comments that people made and that doesn't that doesn't surprise me and I feel like a lot of issues were with teachers but we don't have to go there. Uh, um, okay. So a lot of the, I feel like I'll, and I'll call it a luxury because I do hear a lot of people say like, Oh, growing up in Germany, we really didn't have a lot of like race issues. But now when I look back on it, that was racist or yeah, she definitely, I know she voted for Trump or whatever the case is like, you could just tell it's an energy, like, you know, but I'll say I did not have the luxury of not and I and when I was younger I would not call it racist but I'd just be like yeah something's up with them you know what I mean like I wasn't able to be like you're racist that is a really evil comment or like you know my like I'll say this I was able to comprehend when my blackness made someone uncomfortable as a child I do know that but I wasn't able to articulate it that way and um I will say I did not have the luxury of not having those instances because I do feel like, you know, it just kind of goes to show like the power of like black people 
there's so many different layers there's so many different textures there's so many different like you can get it frozen you can get it liquid you can get it boiled it's just everything and I'll say that even in the midst of like I never really I never tried to fit in but even in the midst of like experiencing some like very racist like things or like just downright racism it was like more so people around me reminding me like you're dark or you're black like people would people would do those things so it's like you know if it was down to like the boys or whatever the case is like sometimes I do wish or I I I even think like if I was if I were my sister I know that my experience uh, in Germany would be a tad bit different. If I were Brittany and I were biracial, my experience would be a little bit different. Like everybody just has so many different experiences. And for me growing up being a black woman, everybody in this group is a black woman. But I think that, you know, just my experience personally, like a lot of people did a lot of things to remind me, not only are you black, but you're dark skinned black quote unquote, and I know not too many people would like come out and say it, but you know, I, uh, you know, I've always been very confident in who I am, like the moment I slid out the pooch, you know, so, and I take a lot of pride in that. So it's like, I've been that way, like anybody who's known me in middle school, elementary, um, you know, I've walked in that. And I walked in, I think, thanks to my mom, like, you know, I, I see now why she like worked on me so hard because she had to work on me in a way that she didn't really have to work on April that way. There were other things she had to work on April with, but I look now and I see like, why are you over here stressing the skin thing to me? And you have said nothing to April. And so when I got in middle school, it's like, oh, and then when I got in college, I'm like, oh, sis knew what she was doing, you know? And so, you know, I did have to have a different layer of like armor. So for me, I had very, very early conversations, five, four years old, I can remember verbatim uh, about color. Um, So when I got to Germany, as far as experiencing racism, colorism is a byproduct of racism so I did experience a lot of colorism from the very few black people that were over there as well too um and it's like you know I think about it in like the most pure and like very simple terms it's like you know you're always like the butt of the joke or the crack of the joke and luckily I'll say luckily you know this has to do with like my upbringing my personality and things my mom instilled in me but had I been weak I think a lot of people would have taken advantage of me. Um, and I've had this attitude. It wasn't crafted at Ansbach. This was crafted like when I slid out the cooch, literally. Um, but I, I've never let anybody like mess with me ever. And so when it comes to my siblings, being the youngest girl of three and a little brother, I was always the protector, you know, and um, that just has a lot to do with just attitude and all that good stuff. But there were several instances when it came to hair won't name drop. When it came to hair, a lot of um, our role models, I'm doing air quotes, um, teachers who always had comments about hair, comments about clothes, comments about uniforms, these are athletic uniforms, you know, comments about the way we would do things. And I say we like black people, us young black girls. So yeah, I I didn't really like have the luxury of like, oh, well, I really didn't experience any racism because like I I could always see it. And and it wasn't that I think others around me didn't experience. I just think that like the older we've all gotten with the pandemic, you've had time to sit still and sit in a lot of your trauma and a lot of ways you were raised. I think within the last like year and a half, a lot of people have like gain this new level of wokeness and it's a good thing you know you become more like aware of who you are I think like because of being dark-skinned people kind of like reminded me even when I like didn't care like of who I was and it's just like bruh I 
you know, I'm not up here in the control room saying, okay, make her extra dark. I didn't, you know, I'm like, yo. So it's like, and I used to think as a kid, like even in Germany, I used to think like really simple stuff. Like when I was in eighth grade, like, you know, somebody would make a comment and it would never be directed towards me. Cause it's like, if you direct it towards me, I'm going to come at you. These are the problems you don't want. And so that was very known, but it's like, still you're making these jokes about like dark purple, black people or whatever. And this will come from black people, brown people, white people, green people, orange people, like you guys know what we grew up in. And it's just like, you know, of course you wouldn't direct it at me. So it was like, oh, well, if it's not directed, it's not respected. But even still, when I grow growing up now, I see like, no, like that wasn't okay. That wasn't cool. I do wish I had like more people around me to like stand up. But it's like, when you're a kid, you really don't have like that capacity or comprehension to do so. But yeah, I, I, all the time. I don't like when I was little, I wouldn't say when I was in eighth grade, I would call it racism because I don't think I had like that comprehension level yet. But yeah, I had people reminding me all the time, not in these exact words, but like in action, like Tiffany said, you're a dark skinned black woman. Like this is not what we desire, or this is too ghetto, or this is too black, and this is making me uncomfortable. Please step back in the box of comfort so you don't make us, you know, whatever, whatever. So I had a lot of instances like that. And I definitely think that has a lot to do with like just colorism in general, being a byproduct of, you know, white supremacy, racism, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I mean, we out here, I'm here now. So, you know, I made it through, but. Oh, you did. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's now that we're having this conversation, I'm thinking back of, um, you know, particularly when we were cheerleaders um, again. I'm going to be respectful, but just, just knowing and seeing that there were, there was a double standard for how our white teammates got to behave versus the three of us, me and the Tiffany's. Um, and I can only imagine the same was for when you were playing volleyball. And if not, I should have been a volleyball player. Side note, the funniest thing, why is it <laughs> y'all said we can't name drop I don't I mean I'm I like teachers I don't really feel bad about teachers to be really honest why with you. Is, why is I won't name drop it is what it is okay but why is it when you get ready to like we've been we're gonna dance to like a hip-hop routine <laughs> why we gotta put Tiffany Tiffany and Danielle in the front my I'm muted <laughs> in the Always front in the front every single time why why do we have to be in the front you know okay, like up. you know what the people because nobody else had going. any rhythm that's why thank Come you on. april like no one wanted to say it but like let's be real we we were it we yeah, had to be in the front the middle of the conversation when it came time to oh we need everybody to do slick buns and it's like okay well what y'all gonna do oh uh, i'm on mute yeah <laughs> okay. okay hold on Speaking of here, um, yes, thank you, April. So I would say that I was like really acutely aware of the fact that I was like a black girl and that I had to move differently from, um, you know, the white girls or the other girls. And I, looking back on it now, I think it's mostly because um, of the my interests, like the things that I was into. So when I was in middle school and like in high school, I was really into rock music, pop punk, emos, and stuff that kind of thing. And obviously, it's a lot, a lot of white girls listening to that music, right? So um, when I first got to Germany, like my main friend group were white girls and, and other um, girls of color, Asian. Um, and again, I ain't gonna name drop, but I was at a sleepover <laughs> in eighth grade. So I'm like, I think I'm 14 years old at this point. And um, I don't know if y'all ever been to a sleepover where 
that girl and you get ready to go to bed and you're just like, mm, do I want to pull this bonnet out? Like, are they going to think it's weird? Like when you're getting ready to go to bed and you're trying to do like your night, your, you know what I'm saying? Cause I can't just yes. go to bed with my hair looking any type of way and then wake up in the morning looking weird and y'all think it's weird. And, um, one of the girls who's actually the host of the sleepover, um, I, it's been so long, my memory's trash.com, but I can't remember the specifics, but I just do remember that, um, somehow hair came up and she wanted to touch my hair and, um, I have relaxers at that point. So it was straight and she touched it and was like, ran her hands through it. And she was like made like ugh like disgusted sounds after she touched my hair and like was wiping her hands like on her clothing. And yeah, so I've always been like really like aware of like especially hair because my hair was so different from like the girls with the long straight hair. You know, our hair don't work like that, even when it is relaxed. <laughs> Um, I mean, so that's yeah. just like a whole another episode, I was like, sermon. We could do an entire episode on here. But I mean, yeah, we really I could. Was, I was really aware of like, and looking back on it, you know, obviously I felt really bad, but I couldn't like, you know, I'm a kid, so I couldn't say like, oh, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know, I guess, have the awareness that I could say like, that's not, you know what I mean? Like, that's not mm-hmm. cool. And so like, yeah, just, it was definitely things like that. I just was a child and like didn't have like and I knew that I was experiencing that specifically because I was black but I just didn't have like the the language the awareness and like the bravery just to like call it out and be like and put a name to it and be like this is racist like this is messed up like you wouldn't do that to any of the other girls here um so yeah that was yeah and that was the first year I lived in Germany so Mm. (laughs) that was like one of my earlier experiences that I remember like right out of the gate yeah yeah Yep. Ugh. It's just like, I hate how much hair defines us, but I mean, especially as black women, it seems to be everything to people. And it's just really irritating. Like, I hate the comments. Oh, Danielle, you changed your hair again. And what's your point? Yes. Today I have braids. Tomorrow my hair might be straight. Tom- the day after it might be an Afro, like deal with it. I am sick tomorrow. You guys knew I had locks and I've rocked every hairstyle you can think of. Extensions, crochets, bald Wakanda, like, and I didn't just shave my head and rock it. I'm like, I'm out here in the streets with the bald head, and so I took the locks out. And so tomorrow, I got to go around um, a lot of white men, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of white men who make a lot of money. And tomorrow is just like a big thing. So I'm just like, oh, here we go. So yeah, yes, and I get that. I remember the first time I went. So I worked at a tech company, and the first time I walked in with my afro oh my gosh people are like you know and thankfully it's you know I think people understand like you don't touch black people's hair but going to jail tomorrow I'm telling you now (laughs) you know what I mean yeah like exactly like I I still don't even really feel comfortable wearing like an afro to work because I just don't I don't like the questions I don't like the comments well April you just said it you you were like why do we make hair such a big deal and I'm like honestly we don't oh it's not right I'm no 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 I sorry when I said we (laughs) I was definitely not talking about us yeah like (laughs) like, how can a hairstyle that I'm wearing make you uncomfortable you're not wearing the hairstyle like that make that make sense to me the hairstyle I have on my head is making you uncomfortable so they're they're the problem we're not the problem yeah the people that think like that 
like hair doesn't you know hair is just definitely i say in black culture a way of expression and mm-hmm. i think black women hello in general we're so talented that you can do you can manipulate and do so much with hair it's truly artistry but mm-hmm. versatile and other you know, yeah people don't, don't really see either. it that way yeah eyes are so closed so it's like when i come to work with this fro tomorrow and then next week you're gonna see it like bone press straight down the center of my back it's just like you know uh, gotta you answer know. the questions yeah you know the looks the oh mm, mm, like you know what i'm talking yeah about. i'm already preparing the the drag for anybody that even just gets close to me because first of all corona six feet back up second of all like i'm, I'm already preparing. like a script i feel like i just have a script in my head of yes this is what my hair looks like thank you so much moving on you know just like always in the back of my head um but so I want to kind of move into like talking about 2020, all of us reconnecting, you know, having each other to talk through last year. But like, if anyone wants to share, I just want to know, like, what was last year like for you? Um, Because like, I know partly because we've, you know, been connected. If you could share with other people, like what last year was like for you. Um, So I decided to, um, you know, I, I was single and I decided to apply for a new job, you know, and um, I've had so many people recently just in a couple of weeks ago ask me like, hey, Tiff, do you have like an online portfolio? Do you have a LinkedIn? Do you have like all these things? And I'm like, I actually found out why I don't. I don't because people have to see pictures of you. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. So I'd rather just like apply for my job and, you know, you already got to put on there that you're black, but I, I, you know, I've been in like the professional corporate world for some time now. And so that's one of the reasons I don't have it, but I apply for a job and I apply for jobs like all over the place. I was originally going to um, Denver. Like I had called JL. I like told April, hit Sarah up, we lit. Like I was so excited because I'm like, yo, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna be on this side, like where Tiff and Britt is, like on this side of the, you know, the East Coast, but at least, you know, I'll be able to stop through and maybe see them real quick, go up and like me, Sarah and Danielle gonna link up. And like I was just thinking in my mind, like it's gonna make it so easier to do like a girls' trip because we can just Tip April and Brit over this way. And I was so excited. I had had my apartment walkthroughs and all this stuff had changed up. And they are basically like, hey, we need you on Northeast Coast. So I'm like, okay, you know what? YOLO, whatever. There was no difference in me moving to the Northeast than moving to Cali or Texas. Cause I was just, I'm like, we out here. I was like, you know, feeling like really, I guess like empowered. I had just, you know, got my master's degree. Um, a few months prior, closed on my first home. I'm out here like, yo, we out here. I'm breaking generational curses. Like, you know, I'm yeah. <laughs> I was like, so empowered and just like, I'm like, I'm so happy the way things happened uh, that year. So much happening in my life. I took the job, moved. And instead of going to Colorado, which I was so bummed about, I ended up coming to the Northe- Northeast and I did not know what I was in for. Corona hit, um, and I spent a lot of time, maybe like um, a lot of time, I, I can look back now and say like dangerous time alone. And it was like, you know, I've lived by myself in a 2000 square foot house and I've been by myself, just me and my dog and I'm comfortable being alone. But, um, you know, I've always lived alone, but that level of like loneliness was like not normal. And I think it took me some time to realize like, girl, you know, and I'm like, literally, this goes to show you like it's deeper than friends 
maybe even deeper than like whatever the definition of family is. But like, I don't like, I talked to Tip one time and she's like, pick me up at the airport and she's here. And like, you know, since I've been here, she's come out to visit like two or three times. Like, I mean, it's just like, she's got all the clothes to the apartment. Like, you know, it's just like, so it took me a long time to kind of realize like this amount of time alone because I spend time alone by myself all the time. So a lot of people outside kind of try to make me look on the bright side, you know? And I'm like, listen, I'm alone a lot, but this level of alone, you know, I came right when the pandemic hit off. So all of my outlets that I used, you know, to like cope church, I like go to church every single Sunday. I mean, usually in Bible study, like every other week, at least twice a month, you know, I pay my tithes, whoop, whoop, whoop. you know, um, church was like one of my outlets. Um, and you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but that was taken from me a whole gym junkie, been an athlete my whole life. I love going to the gym. Um, that was taken from me. And then I come to a new place and it's like, I don't even know how to get down the street. So as far as like going out and maybe like going to brunch and like making friends, that was taken from me. And then I get to work and I work with nothing but, you know, men who are like 35 plus white, pasty white. And it's like, bruh, woo, like it's a lot, you know what I mean? So, um, I didn't know what the heck I was in, like what I had, you know, what I, what I got myself into, but, um, April and I, of course, are sisters. We're 10 months apart. And I always call her like my should have been a friend or should have been twin, but April and I, like a lot of people don't really know this. Um, we are definitely more alike than a lot of people like to, or a lot of people more alike than a lot of people can actually see. Um, and so we're actually very, very close. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to plan a trip for me in April. And then I might've been like talking to Tip and I'm like, you coming too. And then she's like, Sarah coming. I'm like, hold up, let me call Brittany. And it's just like, I'm like, hold up, let me call Danielle. And it was like, it just happened. And I'm like, wait, let me get this group group text message going. And like, we're in the text message, we're cackling. And I'm like, wow, every time I jump in this text message, it's like, you just snap back, you feel good. You in here cackling. We don't have to break down and explain the jokes. Like they, everybody just gets it. Uh, the vibes inside of a text message unmatched, you know, and uh, so that helped, I would definitely say having like a lot of my outlets taken from me that helped. Um, didn't know it was like therapy or some type of coping mechanism to have uh, familiar people around you that you know support you. I mean, we, you guys, we keep referencing this chat, but this group chat, whoo, listen, if somebody take my phone, delete the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I know like y'all can handle the chat you can't handle it the chat is lit and it, it provided a lot of uh therapy and like just good vibes good energy everything you could think of is inside of that chat and probably some stuff that shouldn't be mind your business but um yeah so that's pretty much like COVID for me you know I wasn't able to see any family which we kind of had the leg up on being a military brat you be you're away from people or you learn how to condition yourself or to be away from people for extended periods of time so that was uh I guess we built our whole lives up for this this <laughs> moment mm-hmm. in training uh but it was still very different it was still very difficult and yeah like so the group chat definitely really, really helped, um, you know, FaceTime and like, you know, Danielle mentioned earlier, Brittany mentioned earlier, it's like so many different uh, relationships within the six of us. So it definitely helped uh, for this crazy 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you said, like not having to explain jokes or whatever, I feel like that was the biggest thing was not having to explain how I felt as a black woman to you all. It's um, a for me. It's a screenshot. 
the uh the screenshots the going on facebook and being like wow didn't know this teacher was racist but okay hate to see it yeah hate to see it but you know what that's why i don't have facebook anymore but then i guess the thing is like did we really not think this teacher was racist like when you go back and think about it just like there were signs I mean I guess so but you know said teacher was like our favorite English teacher brought us coffee in the morning was the first class that I ever I think at least like knowingly read like black authors so it was very surprising to me to see the things on uh, their social media but but I digress. It came out of nowhere because a lot of us were friends with these teachers on Facebooks for for years. And I'm yeah, like, even in high school, right? Like sis, I mean, the group chat was listen from May. No, it was earlier than that. When did that group chat start popping? I feel like it was. It was like, probably like, like January. Time, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, it was so at least like January March to heavy oh. August. That group chat was fiber. Yeah. Hard <laughs> <three> burns every day. <laughs> every single day. Every single day there's a new person. And I just I'm thinking of all the people that we went to high school with who are not here right now. And like, they're probably who, all like <gasps> who um who listening today? Block, delete. Oh yeah. Delete. Come on, <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're no longer friends with me or some of these girls, you was yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. sorry I mean it's just like you know what 2020 I'm like I don't have time for this I don't have time to listen you're not gonna both sides me you're not gonna be like oh but what nope like you're not asking questions we're not doing it we are not doing it and the group chat was good because it was like you jump in with a bunch of you know how like if you're okay you you're upset about something the moment any black woman goes to her mother and her mama co-sign it Listen, it's over. I'm doing what my mom, my mama said. It's cool. Listen, when we would jump in that group chat, because I hadn't gotten that feeling in a long time, other than from my sisters, but not having my mom around, I'm like, yo, if I put an outfit in this group chat, if I put a screenshot in this group chat, and everybody be like, nah, she tripping. It's like, yeah, you tripping. Let's all go and unfollow together right now, but get the screenshots first. (laughs) The community for me. The community, the Um, backup. I would like to say that going off of that group chat was really good for me this year because or 2020 um because I've had I would say probably different experiences with race because my light skin and this hair on my head has really afforded me a different privilege that I've taken advantage of for too long even with like subconsciously really and for a long time I've been the the white black girl and like I don't have no rhythm as y'all know I am not like maybe listening to all these rappers or like these things that are just like very like stereotypically black. Right. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but just, I, I mean, partly it's because of the way I was raised. I had to listen to Christian music only or like who I was around in school. Then I went to a college with mostly white people. My first like three years, I lived in a dorm, which with mostly white girls And then I did not have a mostly black group of friends in college until my junior year, because then the dorm that I was living in then, because I was an RA, that dorm was mostly black people. And so that is where I had more black friends really on a regular basis. And which sounds sad, I know, but I, it was who I was around. And I mean, and LSU is 
PWI, you know? So I, um, I think just for a long time, like I haven't, I haven't really embraced or really understood what it still means to be a black woman it beyond just saying I'm a black woman, you know, like when people ask me, because people ask they all the time, especially since I've been in Houston, people will automatically assume I'm Hispanic. And whereas in Louisiana, more people did look like me who were black. And so it was, I didn't get asked that so much, but when I started teaching here, I was at a school that was mostly Hispanic and I had parents all the time just speak to me in Spanish. And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm not Hispanic. And they were confused. Then I was at a school that was mostly black and I was, that was a different experience as well. Seeing the, the lives of those children and like what they experience as black children. And now I am at a school where I am the only black teacher and there's other black people who work there and, but not as teachers. And whenever I, um, when I took the job, I knew that it was mostly white. And I was honestly a little nervous about that just because I wasn't sure as a black teacher, how am I, I'm leaving like these students here and I'm going over here. What does that mean? And I've kind of had to, I spent a lot of last year kind of educating myself a bit more. And like our group chats allowed me to be like participating in these discussion with you guys and just kind of seeing what what is my role as a black woman or why it matters for me to, to be a black woman and to let people know. And especially I'm in the position that I'm in now. And like I said, I have mostly white kids and I make sure that I'm educating them. So it doesn't matter if I'm teaching black kids or Hispanic kids or white kids, like the kids I'm teaching now are the ones who are needing to have these discussions. And we have those discussions and I don't know. It's just been a lot of really looking at myself and, and reflecting. And I, um, even just like looking at my own relationship, like we are the same skin color. I forget sometimes that we are in a biracial relationship still. Um, and it's very different from my friend who used to be my roommate. Uh, she's a black woman and her fiance is a black man. And around the time that Ahmaud Arbery, like um, Breonna Taylor, all of that, whenever that was like really like heavily in the news and we were talking about it like so much, she was telling me the anxiety that she experiences being in a relationship with a black man and having a black father and black brother and uncles. And she's like, every single time he leaves this house, I am afraid. And I didn't understand, I haven't had to understand that, you know? And it's just like been a lot of reflection and just like looking at multiple perspectives and how even as a light-skinned black woman, it's still important that I'm a black woman and I need to make that known. I, I would say that's what 2020 was doing a lot of for me. And especially like having that discussion with my husband and letting him know, like even asking him, I don't know if this was last year, maybe a little earlier, but his, his family, he's Mexican. And so I asked him once, like, does your family know that I'm black? And he's like, I mean, I, I think so. And I'm like, yeah, just like we haven't really always had to have explicit conversations, you know? And we have, even as we started talking about um, having a family one day, still making sure that we are still having these discussions about race with our own children one day, even if they are going to be very light. 
or might not be perceived as a certain way just on first glance. You know, there's still going to be minority children. Well, let me not say minority. We are fantastic. Black and Mexican children. And even if they might not appear outwardly some way, it needs to be, we still have to have these discussions with them. And so we've been having a lot more discussions ourselves between the two of us. And so, yeah, it's been, oh, back to that chat. The chat has been really good for me, really just to kind of have these discussions with you guys um, and see everyone's different experiences and these thoughts that we have about these things that are happening in the world or things that happened to us in the past and just kind of looking at it through new eyes and really um, embracing who I am and not just getting by without really having to address race. You know, it's important and it always will be important. And so really just embracing that. Hope that made sense. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's interesting uh, to, you know, when you think about your own like personal relationships and, you know, I'm not like super light, but I'm also not very dark. And so I think even for myself, like I've had to learn, you know, what that means. How did that affect, you know, me growing up? And then also I'm married to a white man. Um, so that's been interesting, uh, to just like kind of navigate that relationship and, oh yeah, we talk all the time. I'm like, my kids are gonna know they're black, regardless of if they don't look it or if they look ambiguous, like they are going to know. And like, that is something that I will stress so much. Um, so I think my 2020 was pretty difficult, even, um, outside of like the personal campisa and, um, (laughs) Um, things going on in my personal life. Uh, I started nursing school and that was like really difficult. In summer of 2019, me and my boyfriend moved um, to Minnesota from Savannah, Georgia, which um, I think I lived there for like eight and a half years, which is the place that I've lived longest in my entire life ever. And obviously it's Georgia, it's a lot of black, and it's Savannah, big city, so a lot of black folks there. And um, Duluth has been really different. (laughs) There's not as many black people up here. And um, with all that stuff going on last year, you kind of had that anxiety, like being around a lot of white people. It was like, Lord, please don't let somebody say some some stuff out the side of their neck today. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to like reel it in. Like, um, so it's kind of like worrying about stuff like that. And I think I was just telling Sarah the other day, I got my hair braided last Saturday by a black woman. And like, that was the first black woman I've talked to in person um in like a year so it's um really different going from a place like savannah where i am around black people all the time talk to black people all the time to a place like this that doesn't have it's just mostly white people and um yeah so the group chat has kind of been and just my personal relationships with black women who i don't see every day has just it was like really like my saving grace last year because year was a tough time so really thankful for the group chat yeah absolutely I mean I can uh definitely understand Denver is not very diverse girl don't make me choke up got a little I felt that (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I feel that I mean the woman who does my hair is black and I just I love going in there because I'm like oh it's just so fun and so funny all the time and I just like sit there and cackle and so yes little little safe space you know a little safe haven sisterhood at the salon for sure every time black culture at its finest 
at its finest? Well, I will talk about how t- what 2020 was like for me. Um, I would have to say, like, 2020, like, everything got stripped away. You really, I really had to find out without every everything that I thought that I loved, everything that I did, I couldn't do no more, or I was limited to it. So I was stripped away from a lot of things, amongst other people as well, I was stripped away from a lot of things that they love to do. But it really made me find out who I was. Like, who are you without all these things that that you thought that you needed or that you thought that you had to be around. So 2020 for me was me, uh, a mental health thing, just really just digging deep into like who really Tiffany is because I felt like I had no choice but to really dig deep to find out who I was because this was a time that everything was stripped away. Everything I love and thought that I could do every day, I couldn't do anymore. So I'm like, damn, like, who am I now? But I had to realize that I was so, I'm so much more than defining myself to what I was defining myself to, you know, finding interest in different things that I can do and just being more creative. Like you're more than what you think you are, Tiffany. And so 2020 for me was really just digging deep and finding out who I truly, truly was. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm like, I'm not like, like, I, I, like, I love everybody on this, in this, in this chat. And I may not like say it a lot or anything like that, but like, I, I do, I love you ladies individually in different types of ways because we all had different types of experiences. And so even when, when you guys, when we started the chat, I was going through so much, you know, trying to find myself and then the world is going crazy, all these killings and you're just trying to find out a balance. Like, damn, like, I'm sorry, because I said damn, <laughs> but- um, That's okay. <laughs> I'm like- like, damn, like, how can I, I'm dealing with these emotions of my, my emotions I'm dealing with. And then I have these emotions, all these killings of my, of my people getting killed and shot. You know, I'm worrying about my brother. I'm worrying about so much stuff. I'm worrying about my mental health. I'm like, man, how can I, I'm just trying to like figure out like a balance. I was trying to balance all my emotions last year. It was just so much going on. And it's, it was so much going on to a point like, damn, you don't know how to express it because you're, we all had even though we all have been close throughout the years or maybe we're just just not reconnecting, doing those gaps, we all have experienced some things that we probably don't know about that made us a better person than who we are today, um, things that who have hurt you guys in the past that we don't know about that made you stronger now, you know? And so we all, some of us are probably still healing from certain things. And so but 2020 was like that for me, a healing year for me to, I'm, I'm good for sweeping stuff under the rug. I don't want to deal with emotions. I don't want to feel pain. I don't want to like, I'm, I've, I think that was a part of that military lifestyle where I was forced to be tough. I was forced to, to smile when things were, were not good. You know, I was just kind of just, I had to just deal with it and not really express how I felt. I don't know why I felt like that character was just brought amongst us, but some things we just we didn't talk about or we just had to deal with it like that just that military mindset well you're gonna have to experience it oh your mom's going away you're just gonna have to deal with it for a year all right I'll just suck it up you know like you know it's just a lot of things that you just we just had to be tough and I took that mentality and through all these years where I didn't want to talk about pain I don't want to talk about emotion because that mentality like you know it took me you have to be strong you have to be the strong black woman you have to just you know deal with it and and going back to mental health, we're in our community where we don't talk about it. And like, we're, hey, yeah, you got to deal with it, but you have to 
know how to deal with it. And just not like talking about it to somebody or sweeping on the rug is not the way to deal with it. And so 2020 was that year where I was like, well, Tiffany, if you want to grow, you have to deal with what you have to deal with things, the unfinished things you have to deal with it in order to prosper. To, you have to just you have to go through it. So 20, like I said, 2020, that year was just so much stuff was going on. We had all these fights, these bombings, like just things were just happening. And even in our personal lives, and we're just trying to like balance it out. And so when the group happened, I was, I was really thankful. Like, like some of you guys don't even know, like Tiffany knows, Tip knows. I was days I was calling her, I'm crying. And like, I'm like, man, Tip, I don't want them to think that like, I don't, I don't want to talk in a group chat. I was just dealing with my own emotions at the same time. Like, man, this was, but every time you guys were say something funny or like, you know, Danielle, you'll put something funny in there. Brittany, you'll put something funny in there. I'm like, you guys don't know. Even if I didn't say anything, you guys don't know the fact, like just reading some of those messages, how it helped me and how some of those messages saved me one of those days where I didn't cry that day or I didn't feel anything. I'm just like, man, like, I really appreciate these ladies. Like they don't even know what they're doing for me outside of what I'm trying to deal with over here. So like, I just had those, I, I'm very grateful for the group. And like I said, I had days where you guys pretty much saved me from a moment and it really uplifted me in the moment where, you know, just dealing with my own personal emotions in the, in the year of 2020. So I'm very appreciative that we definitely reconnected. So yeah, that was, that was 2020 for me. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Seriously. I, I know now I think about it, I'm like, have I ever seen Tiffany Heard cry? I think the answer to that is no. Um, (laughs) That's a tough cookie. No, but she, what she got into the whole, um, and I think all of us are uh, prisoners of this, of this, one, you got the layer of the military kid, military brat, military child. It's like, no matter what, keep marching. Your feet hurt, keep marching. You're sad about your parents being gone, keep marching. Your period just started, keep marching. Your crush dumped you and now he got a new girlfriend. He trifling, keep marching. Um, <laughs> you didn't make the tryouts for the varsity team, keep marching. Um, yep. Teacher low-key kind of racist, keep marching. Yeah. Um, and that's like the mind frame you take. You can't see your grandma. They having a family reunion and you can't go or whatever the case is. It's like you build this level of like resilience that we see as great, but not too many people voice the disadvantages that it can bring and the trauma mm-hmm. that it can bring. And can I say yes. something else? Yeah, not even just that, that military mindset of being resilient and adapting and you don't have a choice but to do it. You, uh, I think it was Tiff. I don't know which Tiffany mentioned earlier, the fact that we were growing up in church and there's something mm-hmm. that is different in churches, um, especially with us. We were, I was being taught just to forgive. And so right. somebody does this to you, you forgive and you don't get to process anger or you don't get to process your true feelings because you got to forgive, right? And I have, over the past few years, really thought about some things that have happened uh, to me. Even I mentioned before about like my biological dad. So even thinking about that whole situation, I didn't really fully process that because what was I supposed to do? Just move on and forgive. And not being allowed to discuss being upset. And I didn't didn't grow up in a house where we, we could be upset with our parents, excuse you? No. So like even things like that, that's like deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. And 
So Mm -hmm. not only do you need to be resilient, you need to adapt and you need to just keep on moving. You also need to forgive these people, but like, you can't forgive truly unless you've been able to work through things. That's something just, yes, that's something that over the past few years, and I would say more last year, a lot, like really looking at, I can maybe forgive, but that doesn't mean that this relationship is continuing. Like deleting people, even something as simple as deleting people off of Facebook. Like I'm going to remove you. So that way you don't need to add to this anxiety or this, this, these negative feelings that I have and that's fine like I'm not holding a grudge I'm just letting it go yeah bad about it not apologizing for some being yes like you know like that kind of thing that's I'm like so we had two layers of it all of us you got the military Mm -hmm. brat and you got this other one that before the military brat came the black woman and it's like Tiffany said it Danielle said it once I think April said it the strong black woman and it's like that uh stereotype of no matter what you got this no matter what you're good no matter what no matter what no matter what right. like you know or you know uh just I think like a black woman maybe being so mentally strong she can become like physically a punching bag or you can endure so much and it's like last year I had to kind of remind myself you're strong but not today actually mm-hmm. you're strong but not this week Actually, you're strong, but this month is not you. Okay, so you'll we'll try again next month. And that's then, what me and, and my coworker okay. always say. <laughs> and it's old. It's and old. It's okay. But it's like I'm, I remember going to work and and feeling bad that I wasn't stronger. Like, girl, you can get through this. You you can get through anything. And it's like it's okay to have that mindset to get through everything. But I think we're conditioned as Black women, and that comes from our culture, and sometimes comes from the Black church to pray about it, have faith be strong, forgive. And just, you know, and it's like, y'all. But don't actually feel feelings. I definitely been praying. praying. My knees are ashy from being on the ground. Sis been praying. Like, you know, I'm doing all these things and it's like, it's like, I'm not saying it's not helping, but like, you know, sometimes when you're like Brittany said, when you're tackling these traumas, it's going to take more than just like forgiveness. It's going to take more than like, oh, let's sit down and do a kumbaya. So it's like, we have these two different levels of trauma that all of us dealt with last Mm -hmm. year, strong black woman, when -hmm. in reality, like I'm not strong today, or actually I'm waking up and I don't want to be strong today. I have no interest in doing that. Like, oh yeah, going to work and feeling, um, I don't drink coffee like sodas or Red Bulls, but I remember having Red Bull before, and this is what 2020 felt like as a black woman all last year. And I'm never, I never thought I had any type of anxiety, but I remember like Brittany said, when, um, and Tiffany, when a lot of these cases were coming to the front um, with people, black people, our people just being lynched for no reason, um, Mm -hmm. sleeping in their beds or going to go buy some cigarettes or going to the corner store selling a CD or whatever the case is. Um, I used to laugh at people all the time because I'm like, how do you cry off of a movie of somebody you don't know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a crier, not like super, super emotional. But last year, I just found myself like almost overwhelmed to the point to where I felt like I had a Red Bull on an empty stomach. And if you had a Red Bull and you don't drink energy drinks, or if you like to work out and you uh, drink, uh, what is it, pre-workout? And to give you that like crack moment where you kind of like your eyes <laughs> shake, 
And it's like last year, I felt like when I was going to work, I was on a Red Bull with an empty stomach every day holding my breath because it's like I was like walking on eggshells and I'm like, what is wrong with me? And now when I look back, it's like, girl, you were really facing all kinds of like mental warfare, anxiety that you're carrying Mm -hmm. other people who look like you. And it's okay to feel bad, but it's like, you know, you don't really give ourselves space to do that because it's like, nah, you're a strong black woman, put your gloves on, get back up, keep fighting. And it's like, I've had- Brittany said I've had to get comfortable in saying actually I'm not fighting today somebody get me a um, mosa I'm a holler y'all like I'm not I'm not I don't want to be strong today I don't have any interest in being strong I don't care if I'm black green or red I'm not doing it yeah. um, and I'm not gonna you, apologize about it you know Tiffany when you said about people like crying off of movies and stuff okay I cry a lot I'm a crier I Same. cry when I Same. read books I cry when Thank I watch you. movies that's normal for me but that just made me think about whenever Chadwick Boseman died and they oh. did the I think it was ABC maybe did that whole Mm. like memorial type thing for him and I remember crying so hard and I could not stop and I'm like like yes this is sad but I didn't know him like it was like deep pain and I could not stop crying and then it just kind of hit me that like I was feeling so overwhelmed from the amount of black lives that were being killed and it was just like it was all of it and then it was just like I don't know maybe just that that one incident of crying because it was what they were you know playing on tv and stuff was just sad and that made me start crying everything it was like everything was coming out at the same time Mm -hmm. and I could not stop but yes, it was, it was heavy. And look around and you realize like, oh, wait, we're all walking around tr- actually trying to be productive and functional. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I literally had to check myself and be like, like, this is not okay. April, mm-hmm. uh, Tiffany and Danielle, like literally during the pandemic, it was just some moments where I don't know if it's like the spidey senses with like the black girl magic or knowing like, you know, I haven't heard from Tiffany in like four days. Um, she slowed down on a social media posting or she is posting, but like, let me just send her $10 and tell her, go get you some lunch, get your favorite Chipotle dish and tell them add guac. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) um, it was a lot of times where like tip Mm -hmm. would check in on me just randomly to be like, you know, not even ask me like, Hey, are you mental health check? How you doing? Like, no, it wasn't like like she was going to find a creative way to do a temperature check. Danielle did it several times and it's just like yeah that that support that group um this last year definitely made me look and say you know if I were to get married because I was once engaged I had already knew my lineup like I'm having this girl in my wedding this girl I know and I'm like yo all I'm gonna say is if I have a wedding like I'm definitely redoing my whole lineup because yeah you know yeah I know. (laughs) I'm like, man, I wish that we would have reconnected sooner because I already had a wedding. My wedding, it's it's done. That's what the rest of us are. We're going to get late. But I turned 30 in two years. So another redo. You know what I mean? Facts. Gosh, this has been such a good conversation. And I'm so excited for people to listen to this. Um, I just want to caveat and say I cried all throughout high school and I just remember all those times <laughs> when the Tiffany's would be like Danielle stop crying and I'm like but I can't I can't stop crying so I'm not saying I was ahead of the curve but it's fine listen because um, <laughs> when I look back on it now like last year going through 2020 I'm sitting here I'm like I'm in my house by myself I'm like girl are you emotional 
Right. <laughs> I took water like our April April said something, and then Tiffany said something, and it's like, did that just tug at a heartstring? Girl, you got to straighten up. Who are you? I know. Like I feel like now I'm just like Tiffany. So Brittany said like this year was full of like um self awareness and like mm-hmm. you know accepting yourself and, and and growing yourself and like Tiffany said, still learning yourself and giving yep. mm-hmm. growth. So I'm like, you know, I'm emotional, but I'm cute with it. Yeah, yeah. I've like learned how to. I'm like I'm in therapy, so I've learned how to uh, channel it, so I don't just like cry in the middle of class. Um, you know what? I wanna I wanna name drop one teacher. I feel like the only black teacher, and maybe Uh I'm wrong, that we had was Miss Sykes, and she was so mean to me because I was emotional. And I just have to say that because like my experience of high school, I I just knew I couldn't I. I was like strong black woman. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm sad <laughs> and everybody's going to know, um, which, you know, it's fine. I'm, I'm really thankful that we're all friends still, um, <laughs> and that you all put up with me, but we just had some mean teachers. Like they did not, but Miss Sykes reminded me, I didn't have her as a teacher, but like, you didn't even have to have her as a teacher to experience this woman. You really all. didn't. She like, just did in the like, hallway. Walking down the hallway, like, what the, you know. Right. But, Look, Sarah knows about all the extra time I spent with her at break detention. Listen, <laughs> I'm not going to call nobody out, but it's like, I'll say that she definitely reminded me of like your traditional black woman that. Yes. And I'm not throwing any shade towards her. Like shout out to Miss Sykes because she did give a lot of students the experience of a black woman that maybe a lot of people did not have. And it right. and mm-hmm. see like an advantage to that. Um, but I would definitely say like to us black young women, I do remember her like showing people like a tough love and it's like tough love don't always have to come from black women y'all like we I didn't need tough love I'm like like, we were going through really hard stuff I'm like I don't need you to be tough with me like my yeah. dad is in Iraq. Can I get a hug? I feel like I'm yeah. the only right. person who had Miss Sykes and didn't have a bad experience. She was my eighth grade history teacher and I loved her. No. <laughs> I didn't have a bad experience with her. I, I didn't have a bad experience. Not a bad experience, but I just know she she didn't play. Yeah. You know what? I will say her and Miss Cook, who was the only, another black woman that we did have, oh. they both helped me get scholarships. Oh, yeah. No, for real. Miss Cook. So, did you know what? Me. Yes. Shout out, shout out to Miss Cook. Cause I'm gonna tell you right now, if I flew Germany at the airport, she will come pick me up. Wait, what did Miss Cook teach? She was a counselor. Counselor. Oh, Miss Cook got me scholarships for college. Okay, mm-hmm. no, that's true. Ms. That's Cook sure did. Yes, yeah, she Ms. got me scholarships. She is truly, I will say, a safe space Hansbach for young black people that I really just did not realize. Thank you, Brittany, for bringing that up. But she got me scholarships for college, and she was a real saving grace because. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hold on. So since I'm a year younger than y'all. Ooh. you were all gone and so my experience with miss cook was different because my senior year they were dealing with stuff that happened your senior year with like transcripts mm. and all of this and so my oh, experience was Ms. McCook. I remember who that was oh well hold on now let's get into it <laughs> um I'm just saying like I was I heard, from what I heard that came from it came out when we left but yes. it came from a couple graduating classes before us. But well, mm. I think it was it was several graduating classes before mine. Oh, well, it was people in 2020, 2010? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. talking about those fake grades and fake, uh, fake classes. Valedictorians? Ooh, hey. Surprise. Are we surprised though? The valedictorian of class of 2020. I mean 2010 Ansbach the Valedictorian. Hate to see it. Um, so my experience with her was 
uh, you know, like, I'm like, can you send my transcripts to Baylor because I'm trying to get in? Hello. So she had to do, she had to do some, um, she had to send my transcripts to Baylor overnight them and pay out of pocket because I was like, I got my stuff in on time and you are not helping me. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of drama going on. Yeah. Yeah, She she was a real saving grace. Like even four or five years after my mom passed, I remember her like being like, tip you good Mm. money. Like this woman has sent me several hundreds of dollars. Like she's a real saving grace. Like you definitely will be front row seat at the wedding that I have. Like <laughs> he will definitely like, she just always kind of stood in my corner as like the bougie black auntie that was just like. When I was in that cotillion senior year, she, the practices were like in like K-Town and like different places. And she would, she drive, would us drive us up there. And yes. And then bring us back at night. Cotillion. She didn't time either. And it's like, she used to live like 45 minutes past Illusan. And she would take us to eat after. Yes. Me and Brittany like, oh, we order steak. Oh yeah, girl, let's get shrimp. Okay. <laughs> I love to hear this. This is good. Yeah, oh, no, shout out to her. Cause shout uh, out to her. Having black women in. Shout out to Miss Cook. Yeah. Miss Cook was something special for sure. Oh Did yeah. Do we have any other black teachers besides Miss Sykes? I can't really. Oh, I'm gonna be sad if I'm forgetting somebody. Hold on. I don't I'm think we did see. though. Oh, can we give a shout out think- to can we give a shout out to Deborah Dameron? I never Lynn had her. Never. A real one. I did. Okay. I watched Miss Dameron. Miss Dameron sent uh, my family care packages several years, years with an S after my mom passed for no mm-hmm. reason. Whenever I asked, all kinds of sweets, good stuff. But let me tell you something. That lady put up with me and my spiciness growing up. She was good to my brother. And another thing too, I love to see her on Facebook. I don't have Facebook anymore. I haven't had it in like a year and a half, but I love to see her on Facebook two and three years ago, combating people for being homophobic, people for being racist. And she still is. And I was like, you know what? I'm so glad I was able to, to be in her presence because it, it was it was, it was was healthy for me to see um, white people, not white peopling. Okay. Yes. Yes. She, she put up with a lot. She put up with a lot. Of, of mess from students class, and you know what class, she yeah from, from our, our class. class and she, she still, knew she knew who loved her she and still her. did good and, for us yeah, she knew who loved and respected her I'll say that because we we spoke on a very personal level after all of that and uh years later and my hat goes off to her so like I said shout out to her for being a white person that doesn't white people in yeah yeah, and like Miss Dameron's really special to me. Like she was my my first honors teacher, you know, and like being like just also just being a black student in those honors classes and being in those AP classes, like she helped me like so much and she always had my back and like truly like my favorite teacher that I had in Ansbach. And when it came time even like for college and stuff, like she really like fought for me. She like really wrote me like an incredible letter of recommendation. And I remember there like I remember there were like some teachers where like I asked for letters of recommendation. I read them. I was like, I'm, this is true. It, it was trash. And I was just like, it's I'm sorry. Page. Like, I'm not calling no names. And out. I'm just like, we might be talking yeah. teachers. And it's like, listen, that's foul, but okay. Yeah, foul. And like, it was just like, like I could always like go to her and like, I still respect her now. Cause like you said, like she still be like, like fighting for us and stuff. Like when you like, as a white person, like you don't have to, you can truly just, you know, get quiet and then act like you don't see it you know or be like oh aren't we all the same but that was not her it was glad to see like it's glad to see the teachers who like 
had our backs then and have our backs now. Whereas the teachers who definitely. we saw had our backs then and definitely. then going up and be like, okay. Yeah, there were definitely, I would say at Ansbach, just on a whole toll, if I'm a poll, if I'm looking back and thinking of all the teachers we experienced, coaches, there to me, there were more people that were not really on our teams. Now that I have like yes. the conference skills that I do, there were not pe- more, there were more people that were not for us. And is really disturbing to even think like ill like I was in the classroom being taught and like fed and poured into by you Disgusting. it was so sad and I just I mean yeah I mean like I've said I was emotional English teachers volleyball coaches hate to see it hate cheerleading it. coaches whatever it's fine it was just yeah it was so it was well, so I hard to see the way his neck is I wish they could see him mm-hmm. and like, um listen quick, uh, yeah no go ahead I was just gonna make a joke oh no I would no, you can make the joke because, like, what I was going to say was kind of going to be a little off topic, so you can go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, some of these teachers, if I see them ever again, it's on sight. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Mm. Like, from the bottom of my heart, I have so, so from many the things. bottom of my black, blackity black heart. My blackity black heart. Black. All right, go ahead, Sarah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to bring back because I realized I didn't say anything about, like, what 2020 like was, was for me. So oh, yes, I'll just you. do that quick plug. Yeah, the beginning of 2020 wasn't too bad. Like looking back, I'm very blessed and very grateful that I kept my job, mm-hmm. um, you know, kept my like my apartment and stuff. And so when it all first happened, they're like my company, they're like, you guys are going to get sit home like right away. And I was like, cool, this is where all my income goes anyway. So I would prefer to be here. Um, but I also like live by myself and I have a very small group of friends. So um, I don't have a pet. So it's like me and all my plants hanging out and it was fine truly at the beginning uh because I'm already introverted anyway so I was like this I'm like thriving here then I like kind of kept busy like I went to California to work and then because I live by myself I'm able to like quarantine and then like drive to see my family in Kansas like a seven hour drive able to do that and then I started school so I was able to like really keep busy then fall started to creep in and like you guys know what happened to me like in October and when the incident first happened, I remember like the one of the first people I did reach out to was like April because like I'm truly like freaking out because I'm like I live alone and this situation happened and I was just like shaking and I was like scared and when I t- finally told you guys what happened like I was kind of like scared to share because it was something that was like I kind of want to like keep this to myself is also a little embarrassing too and and I shouldn't have felt that way, but like, that's how I felt. And then I reached out and like you and Tiffany were like, we're sit- like, what's your address? Like we're sending you stuff right away. And like, truly, I still keep it on me because I, when I say I do not trust the people out here, I do not trust the people no. out here. No. And then when the election results came out, then you know, I remember you're like, yeah, people are going wild in Denver. And I was like, not, not in this neighborhood. It's, oh, it's I quiet. know. Like, Loveland. These people are not I'll happy call them out. about it. And I'm just like, yeah, like, and it was truly like there was times just like I'm scared. I'm scared to leave my house. I, I'm scared to take out the trash. Sarah, when you when because uh, April and I briefly spoke about it, and then I think like Danielle and I were on the phone one day and we was like, "Girl, let's do this." That was one of the moments during the pandemic where just my Leo nature, personality wise, and even being a black woman, you guys know we're very great at like being leaders and being vocal and um, controlling things. And when that moment happened, when I tell you that scared me so bad because the whole like just like the Breonna Taylor thing, like, you know, Mm -hmm. she didn't even give them a real reason. She did not give them a real reason to even kill her. And I was thinking to myself, like, here are people that are definitely harassing and like bullying Sarah. And I just was like, yo, if 
like just thinking the worst because th- this is literally what you're seeing on TV. Mm-hmm. And I remember in that moment when I found out about what happened, I was like, I felt that was like definitely, I would say like top six moments. And it, it definitely, I know my anxiety added to that fear, but that was definitely like top six moments of like feeling extremely helpless. Cause I was like, what can I do for her? Like, I can't fly to her. And I remember, I knew I felt bad after I talked to April cause April is usually very cool, calm and collected. And I'm like, if you kind of get April bothered, it's definitely time for me to like nut up. And I remember like me and Danielle on the phone, like, yo, what, what, like, what can we do? I'm like, yo, I'm about to buy this girl a gun. I'm about to fly out. Like I'm in the panorama. I was just like, yo, I want to do anything I can to like save her or help her. Cause I don't want anybody to hurt her. But I remember feeling so helpless and I'm like Sarah's not even my best friend but like she's still mine you know and I'm like yo I, right. was, I remember feeling so helpless I was like yo I'm out here researching I'm like, of course and Danielle and I we're like no we, we looking for black owned companies we we want to send blah blah like we were all over but I remember during that time feeling like really helpless because I was like so far away and I'm like you know like what can we do like you know and I, I was like we send this and like you know I'm like listen Y'all can't, you know, listeners, y'all can't see us, but listen, we know Sarah, okay? Sarah gonna tell the whole world that she got the nicest set of hands. I'm like, Lord. <laughs> she should be done. Like, I'm out here like, oh my God, what we gonna do? Like, I'm just like, yo, and everybody's laughing so hard right now because it, to know Sarah is to love her. But right. I, I remember feeling so helpless because I was just like, what can I do? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what can I, what can I do to help? And like, just... Yeah, that was a real, that was a rough one. Yeah, but yeah, and I also remember too, it was just hard because like police weren't helpful. Mm-hmm. Like there were no resources helpful. I had to like call out the next day. I was like, don't expect me. I, was, I had to like email my teachers. Like I can't do work. I can't, nor can I go to work. My apartment complex also not helpful. And this just feels really stuck. And like knowing the history of the town that I lived in, I'm just like, I should move. But also Denver is expensive. So I'm like, oh, where, I where do I go? You know, but yeah, it was a lot, but I was so grateful for the chat because I could like talk to you guys. I could like I could share something that was like very personal and very scary, like with you guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So like I was very grateful for that. But then aside from that, like yes, all the fun things, all the screenshots, you know, like live texting through the verses and things like that, like things like that brought me joy during like you know all this. So I loved it. But you guys also would be blowing up my phone. Like sometimes I look up like. Oh, these messages I'm like, oh, I feel like you look away for happened. an hour and I have like 85 messages and I'm like oh, well the moment is gone I can't even catch up I'm just <laughs> going like, yeah, and reacting. Oh that was react. me all the time it'll be 100 messages of like man okay it's too late for me to say something now totally yeah. oh um gosh. if if you know me and I haven't talked to you in any amount of time that's just because I don't know how to keep in touch with a single person is my phone in my hand yes it is that's why I was responding to those messages immediately. But am I about to send somebody a message or call them first? No. Why? Mm, I don't know. I do it with my own family. So the group message, the group chat was really fun just because somebody like it was nice to reconnect and just like really like keep in touch because I do not keep in touch with people. So I don't know why I just don't, but the chat has been really good to reconnect and sorry. I know I was part of the blowing up phones because I was, text them back immediately hey we love it it was so good all right for sake of time i'm gonna wrap 
this up. But before I go, just a heads up, I'm definitely posting throwbacks from high school on Instagram so people can see what we looked like when we all lived together. You got to post currents too, because I think some of us okay, have fine. pictures together. Like, Oh, okay. Well, send them to me. Me and Tiffany definitely got some. I like me. me. I don't have any. Photoshop okay. me. I know. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's all for the show today. This conversation this was, was so life giving. And um, yeah, folks, be sure to find me on Instagram, discuss with DG. Uh, visit my website, discusswithdg.com. Um, and yeah, until and next time. And make sure y'all share it. Back. Oh, yes. Share, Back. subscribe. And I listen to all my podcasts on. Um, apple apple music or whatever so go on there and give danielle five stars write a review rate and review rate and review (laughs) oh i love you guys so much all right (laughs) we out this is fun we're proud of you awesome job